from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report and greetings from Studio B at the headquarters of the Saints and Pelicans. I'm Sean Kelly. Welcome into the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. A much uh, calmer Studio B, to say the least, here on this Monday morning after uh, John DeShazer and myself tore the place apart and broadcast throughout the entire 2014 NFL draft over the weekend. But the draft has finally come to a close and a new uh, phase of the NFL calendar begins here now this week. Well, hello again, everybody. I'm so glad you joined us this week. We're going to recap a lot of the 2014 NFL draft, not only today, but really all week long, and specifically for the New Orleans Saints here on the Black and Blue Report. And we'll check in, of course, on the NBA playoffs as we go throughout. Hey, speaking of the playoffs, by the way, I'm still feeling pretty good about my pick of the San Antonio Spurs, especially now that they look more in control of things, uh, dominating their series against the Portland Trailblazers. And uh, the Clippers, wow, what a comeback. And certainly... Brooklyn-Miami is somewhat still interesting, and uh, the Indiana Pacers may have righted their ship. But uh, we'll, we'll uh, catch back up with some of the experts uh, covering the NBA playoffs here on Black and Blue Report this week. But again, the focus primarily, and that starts today, is a recap of the NFL draft and really what it means for the New Orleans Saints. And uh, I want to share with you uh, during this week's uh, Black and Blue Report a lot of the uh, interviews and uh, reactions we got throughout our broadcast over the weekend, uh, live streaming on NewOrleansSaints.com. As it turned out, we really got to talk to some great football minds, and we got to talk to the uh, Saints draft picks themselves. Interestingly enough, well, not interestingly enough, kind of as expected, the SEC uh, led the way as far as uh, conferences and getting players drafted. 49 in all uh, SEC players went in the 256 players chosen in the NFL draft, and the LSU Tigers led the way in that category. Nine Tigers got drafted in the NFL draft. Alabama, eight, and uh, Notre Dame matched Alabama's eight. Uh, obviously not a part of the SEC, but uh, those are kind of the, some of the, the bigger football schools in getting players in. Well, we talked about wide receivers, didn't we? We talked about that a lot with the uh, 29, uh, excuse me, the 31 other teams we spoke to in our draft preview series. And as it turns out, uh, wide receiver and defensive back were probably the two uh, biggest positions drafted in the draft. 53 defensive backs were chosen by the NFL teams. 33 wide receivers went over the three-day draft. 14 quarterbacks, 22 running backs. There were 37 linebackers chosen, including a couple by the New Orleans Saints. 25 defensive ends. Only 10 centers. Uh, and there was talk that the, the center position was going to be a tough one in this NFL draft, and it sure seemed to play out that way. Only 10 centers, uh, 16 guards, 19 tackles, 25 defensive ends were taken, uh, two kickers, one punter, uh, 10 tight ends, and uh, and that's pretty much the run of it. So, again, defensive back and wide receiver uh, were certainly popular positions. And out of the 33 wide receivers, 14 of which were underclassmen. And, of course, the New Orleans Saints uh, moved up in the first round to select a wide receiver of their own 
in Brandon Cooks out of Oregon State. So let's go ahead and recap again. I know a lot of you already know how this breaks out, but let's recap again the Saints draft selections from over the weekend. As we mentioned, Cooks drafted in the first round, and then Stanley Jean-Baptiste was selected 58th overall. He's the defensive back out of Nebraska. At number 126, the Saints selected Kyrie Fort. At 167, they took safety Vinny Sinceri out of Alabama. At 169, Ronald Powell was chosen from Florida. And then last but not least, Tavon Rooks at number 202, a tackle out of Kansas State. So on today's show, we'll hear from Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis, a couple of his thoughts about the weekend, head coach Sean Payton, specifically about his first-round draft to pick in Brandon Cooks, and then as it turns out, so many of these Saints draft picks may be big impact guys on special teams, and we'll give you our visit with special teams coordinator Greg McMahon from this past weekend, as that certainly seemed to be fortuitous of us to uh, get the chance to talk to Mr. McMahon. So there's your show for this Monday. Hope you'll stay with us. Let's put a a wrap on uh, the draft from the weekend in an overall sense before we get into specific players later on this week. We're right back after this. Here's a valuable lesson I've learned as an Intergy customer. Saving energy saves you money. And the online videos at EntergySavings.com show you how. A few simple projects can make a big difference in your bill. In just a few hours, I knocked my monthly bill down by 20%. It was easy. From caulking windows to programming your thermostat, the Entergy videos walk you through it. Visit EntergySavings.com and start saving today. That's the power of people. Entergy. Your Pelicans, led by all-star Anthony Davis, are on their way to becoming playoff contenders, and you'll want to be there to witness it. Newly released seat locations will be available for the public to check out for the first time at our Select-A-Seat event on Saturday, May 17th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center. Ticket packages start as low as $150. Visit pelicans.com or call 504-525-HOOP for more info and take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report and Studio B here at the headquarters of the New Orleans Saints. I'm Sean Kelly. As we continue our draft recap here this week on Black and Blue Report, we'll start with uh, Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis, who finally spoke to the media uh, late Saturday afternoon following the, uh, I guess, the sixth round selection of Tavon Rooks, the tackle out of Kansas State. That was our chance to hear the uh, end of draft thoughts from the Saints general manager. And uh, every year we go into the draft and everybody wants to put the teams in uh, one of two positions, it seems, or the cliches start to come out. You know, is it is it we're going to draft uh, the best available player on the board or we have positions or needs that we need to fill? Well, uh, probably a lot of times, as Sean Payton told us last week here in Studio B, it's probably a combination of the two. And that's certainly kind of where Mickey Loomis lands on this topic, especially after his weekend in the war room. You know, it's always a combination. Um, we, we do our best to uh, not deviate from picking the best player. And yet, you know, I say oftentimes, you're, you're, you're very seldom are you looking at one player. You've got a group of two or three or four players all graded roughly the same, and, and then obviously we look to the position um, that that we might need the most. So it, it's a combination of the two, but 
I wouldn't, you know, we didn't take anybody that wasn't, uh, that was drastically graded differently than, uh, um, uh, you know, in another position that, that we didn't take. Of course, uh, Mickey Loomis and his staff were aggressive on Thursday night in round number one, as we talked about in the first segment, the big trade-up to go from 27 to 20 to get their hands on Oregon statewide receiver Brandon Cooks. Here's Mickey Loomis again. There, there was a few players that uh, uh, going into uh, the evening, um, Thursday night, <laughs> that we uh, uh, said, hey, look, if the opportunity presents itself, we would move up depending upon the cost to get um, you know, one of these few players. And uh, Brandon was one of them. We had the opportunity to do that, and uh, obviously uh, we're able to... Um, we're able to move up and get him, and at you know a cost of a third round, that's not inexpensive. That's that's uh, you know that's an expensive cost, and yet we felt like uh, that was worth it uh, for us for, and for that player. Of course, for Loomis and the Saints, when you sit back deep in the first round and you want a player and you think there's a slot to get him, you, the uh, questions will all start getting harder and harder as the draft progresses throughout the first round. And certainly, when you got into the teens, those picks certainly start to set the stage on what Loomis and his staff needed to do or wanted to do with regard to getting their man. The Jets were at 18, is that right? Yeah. yeah. I, I think that it would have cost more than what we were willing to pay to get to 18 or better. That's what it, what I felt like. Um, and if you look at the history of trades and you look at these point charts and all the different things that go into that, into valuing that kind of a move, that was uh, that w- that would be borne out. So, in that sense, it was a key. W- whether or not they were going to take him, you know, that you know, who knows? We didn't have any any uh, great information that they were or weren't. Obviously, we've seen the speculation in some of these mock drafts and and, and articles. But but uh, so I would say it was key only in the sense of now we're into an area where we can afford to move up, as opposed to uh, <coughs> as opposed to just you know the Jets uh, not taking him. So those are some of the thoughts of Mickey Loomis on Saturday afternoon at the end of the Saints uh, portion of the NFL draft. Coming up in our next segment, we'll hear from head coach Sean Payton, and we'll talk about the unrestricted free agent class that uh, combines with this draft to set the stage for rookie minicamp later this week. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue. Congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center as the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an Auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report. Still to come here on the Black and Blue Report on this Monday, we'll get you a, an exclusive visit with Greg McMahon, special teams coordinator with the New Orleans Saints. 
right before the draft on Thursday. And John DeShazer and I had a chance to talk to Greg, and it proved to be a very a smart visit, I think, for all of us, as uh, so many of these uh, Saints draft picks from over the weekend well, could be very well under the umbrella of Greg McMahon as well as uh, key special teams players come the 2014 NFL season. Brandon Cooks, of course, went in the first round, and certainly there was a very happy head coach on Thursday night after the selection was made. Here's head coach Sean Payton on Brandon Cooks. Well, look, he's a playmaker. He's someone that the one thing about him that stood out is he's, he's a tough player, uh, both physically and mentally. You know, he's been very consistent, uh, very durable. Um, obviously, he runs well, but I like his makeup with regards to his mental toughness. And uh, his interview was fantastic. Um, of course, we've got a pretty good relationship. Mickey does with Coach Riley there. But uh, I, th- I think there were a lot of intangibles with him, aside from just his skill set as a player, that, that were really uh, exciting. Sean Payton returned to the microphone on Saturday after the uh, Saints added some more defensive depth to their roster. One of those guys is Ronald Powell, and Powell is coming off of a knee injury. As a matter of fact, a couple of the guys drafted by the Saints over the weekend have uh, knee injury uh, backgrounds to them. But uh, thanks to due diligence and uh, proper vetting, the Saints feel very good about the long-term health of the guys that they added over the weekend. The uh, Powell selection is interesting because uh, whether it be the fact that they were injured at one time and that maybe affected the draft process or whether or not it affects the player's outlook or his hunger or determination, whatever the case may be. Certainly all those factors and intangibles are considered by the Saints staff and we're also a part of the conversation with Coach Payton. When I say his workout, you know, he had the ACL injury. When you watch the six games he played this year, he's making all the calls. Um, he's very, very sharp. Uh, I would say he's very well respected by that team and a great program. Um, and, he, and he's very productive in those games where you're seeing him play some high safety or some down safety. He's very productive in the kicking game. And I think what helped us is just having a, having a chance to see his workout, which was somewhat limited, being that he, he was coming off a of surgery, but it was way further along than we expected. I mean, he was doing bags, ropes, in and out of catching the football, moving, planting. And and so you really got a chance to see a body type. You know, once in a while when you, when you don't see the player work out and he's injured, it's hard to, to, to try to picture maybe how he's going to be. You go by the film. But uh, in his case, though, in a very quick period of time, the rehab and the injury and then watching him move around was real impressive. He's got great ball skills. He's got great football IQ. And, you know, he, he ought to be a, a guy that competes to be a four-core special teams player. And, and I think everyone in the room felt that way, you know. And so, you know, his, his father coached at Carolina before he was coaching uh, back at Alabama and now at Florida State. So. Um, each one of these guys, are, they're, they're always interested. They're always interesting when you make the call, the reactions, and, and he was excited just as we were. Coach's conversation with the media came pretty late on Saturday. It was right before Mickey Loomis was ready to officially kind of wrap up the Saints draft. One of the things that I found 
awfully intriguing about Coach Payton's visit was the information that he was able to share about the process that was at that time beginning to uh, to unfold. That process of going from draft and then to filling out the rest of your roster and taking a look at more guys undrafted, those undrafted free agents, that special process that goes throughout the rest of the NFL draft weekend. Uh, a little mix of recruiting, uh, of selling, of course, involved in that, uh, finding that hidden gem, which this staff here has been so good at, and, and bringing in a good group of players to look at as rookie minicamp unfolds later this week. Of course, things really hit the ground running today with football school for a lot of these guys and uh, time in the weight room and become familiar with the New Orleans Saints and their process. Here's Coach Payton with a little bit of the conversation regarding that free agent, or that, excuse me, that undrafted free agent process. The only thing you can't, you, you can call and, and speak with a player. Um, you can't begin to discuss any potential contracts until after the draft ends. But uh, I think even more so than the calls, it's the organization or the priority as to in this order, because the thing that's a little unusual in this in the room post draft is there's a lot of phone calls there's a lot of people talking and you know there might be three people working on offensive linemen and the second call might get a commitment and so we the communication's important and you know in a perfect world you'd like to go right down your list but every once in a while your your third or fourth call is being answered with a yes and you're not sure you want to take the yes until you find out with one two or three you know that kind of thing so um i think the organization of that process uh, you get a jump start on without having to you know they're working on it right now just the scouts the coaches with the magnets and we're trying to prioritize in this order with each position and there's certain magnets that uh that are blank that we need to fill underneath certain positions, some more than others. Is there a sell? Yeah, I think, the, well, the one thing we do sell that is easy for us to sell is the amount of free agents that have made our rosters in the last eight seasons going into this ninth year. And we really encourage them to research that and, and look closely at just our history. I think that's... Uh, easy for us to do and it's harder for the player to get that right away but the agent is educated on that ahead of time you know he's able to know this is a club that that truly give you know you have a, you have a chance to or maybe there's just been more examples of if you will um, so that's one and then I, I think educating the players is to looking at the depth chart you know and um, I think that's the second thing that's important and as it turns out, as we lay down the tracks here for Black and Blue Report on this Monday, the New Orleans Saints have announced uh, 17 players who will join the club uh, here at the onset of the rookie uh, uh, mini uh, camp and what perhaps uh, they could bring to the table with regard to the full training camp come August. But the Saints today announced that Matthew Armstrong, offensive lineman out of Grand Valley State, Brandon Coleman, wide receiver out of Rutgers, Brian Dixon, defensive back from Northwest Missouri State, Kasim Edabali, outside linebacker from Boston College. Tim Flanders, running back, Sam Houston State. Spencer Hadley, linebacker, BYU. Jerron Hamm, tight end from Louisiana Monroe. Nick Jacobs, tight end from McNeese State. 
Centavius Jones, wide, re- wide receiver from Valdosta State. Logan Kilgore, quarterback, Middle Tennessee State. Brandon McRae, defensive lineman from UL Lafayette. Micah Reynolds, offensive lineman from Michigan State. George Yuko, defensive lineman from Southern Cal. Chidera Uzo Deribe, outside linebacker from Colorado. Lawrence Vig- or Virgil, rather, defensive lineman from Valdosta State. Pierre Warren, safety, Jacksonville State. And Ty Zimmerman, safety, Kansas State. All will be joining the black and gold here this week as undrafted free agents. And again, more details on that and some descriptions about those players uh, newly released today at NewOrleansSaints.com. And, of course, uh, you want to follow on Twitter, the official Saints account, at Saints. That will get you a very quick link to that release by the uh, Saints released earlier today. All right, so that kind of puts a wrap on Coach Payton's thoughts with regard to the draft. Uh, Those are the names, obviously, to add to the draft picks from over the weekend. And when we come back here on the Black and Blue Report, we'll go back and listen again to the visit we had with special teams coordinator Craig McMahon right up to this. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Back on Thursday before the start of the NFL draft, I mean literally right before the start of the NFL draft, John DeShazer and I had a chance to visit with New Orleans Saints special teams coordinator Greg McMahon. A very good visit and a key one as you look at what happened over the weekend. Well, Greg, we talk about quarterbacks and running backs and linebackers and everything else, wide receivers in the NFL draft. Nobody ever says one of these guys could be a great special teams guy. Help us out with the angle that you see the draft from as the special teams coordinator. That's a, that's a good question. You know, a lot of times people ask you about, well, what's up with the kickers and the punters? And the, but there are going to be some core special team co- players that will come out. Uh, and that's significant now, you know, with the, with the roster sizes. And, uh, you know, all those guys are going to play. So we, we spent a lot of time looking at uh, what I call maybe the bottom third of the draft or the – and so we spend a lot of time evaluating guys that can, can protect, cover, uh, you know, all the things, all the basically the nuts and bolts of playing on specialties, more than just the kicker or the punter. Or Certainly we evaluate those guys and the returners, but you got to get core guys. Now, how do you know, though, because most of these guys are stars of their college teams. Most of these guys don't play special teams probably in college. How do you know a guy can fit and play that? I'll tell you what, we'll have to go start. That was a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> You know, uh, our video department, I think, here, Dave Despazillo, do a great job. And so we're ha- we have the access to be able to maybe pull up a player when he was a freshman or a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, you know, that, that, that part, we'll look at the all-star games. So we may, we may put the senior bowl on or we may put a, 
uh, a game on where we get some exposures on those guys. But the big thing is if 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 they if they they have to, they have, to have speed, they have to have speed and they have to have toughness. And if they have speed and toughness, then a lot of times if they're on special teams, they, they'll be able to play for you. But we, we have to really uh, hunt and peck and dig out to get those special team plays that you're talking about. With Darren Sproles moving on, mm-hmm. the return game, having a, re, a good, solid, reliable return guy, do you, right. do you feel that you have that in-house now? Or is that something that, that you're hoping gets filled either this weekend in the draft or subsequently as a free agent? Well, um, We've got a couple guys on on our team right now currently under contract. The, the one guy I would say would be Tavares Cadet. And mm-hmm. if you look at Tavares the last few years, I mean, Tavares, uh, two years ago when he was an undrafted rookie, uh, we went up out to Oakland and he had about a 70, 80-yard kick return. And then this year against San Francisco, um, you know, right before the half, he had another 70-yard kick return. The The thing that's happened with Tavares is he's a, a lot of times he was not active on game day because of our depth at running back with right. Aaron and Pierre and those guys. Uh, Mark, so uh, we're excited about him, and uh, he's going to get an opportunity. And we've got a couple other guys. We've got Hawkins, a kid we signed uh, mid-season, and we'll certainly always, like any position, we're looking in the draft and in free agency agency to see uh, what's available. Now, those guys also able to do punts because we know you lost, you know, right. you, you lose Darren Sproles as well as Lance Moore, both of your punt guys. Yeah, um, Tavares has done it uh, for us, and uh, uh, he's done it in games uh, his his uh, rookie year. So. Uh, uh, we're excited about him, and I think that uh, everybody's uh, the, the more we watch this player, and he gets more more uh, reps. Uh, but we're we're certainly going to keep evaluating it and keep trying to get depth. All right, so you've been, let's see here, you've recruited slash scouted before, you've coached yep. college players before, mm-hmm. and now you're an NFL coordinator. Mm-hmm. What's this role like in this process, as opposed to the other ones that are so vital as well? Well, you're you're, you're constantly evaluating and the big difference certainly between being in, in, in the professional ranks and in college is once you identify the players that you like you can acquire them by drafting or signing a free agency where that was only half the half the process in college is you, you evaluate them and, and and say oh I really like that player but then you got to go you got to go recruit him to get him to come to your school so uh, that part of it I don't miss I mean I love recruiting but I don't miss that part of it but I love to evaluate I've always enjoyed it uh, I like watching film we grind here I think uh, you know, Coach Peyton, Mickey, Ryan Pace, Rick Reapers, all those guys. We we spend a lot of time, and we're 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 fortunate enough to where the coaches get to time with that. I, I love it. What's your demeanor like in the war room on draft night? Uh, it, it, it just it's very calm. I mean, heck, uh, that's certainly the the coach and, and and Mickey and those guys. And it's like anything. Hey, you know, calm, just calm and make good decisions. And uh, it's like anything. When you go in prepared, like we are, then things just seem to slow down for me. Can you remember a pick? That made you jump up and down. That when you when you all drafted someone, you were, <laughs> I mean, ready to jump right out of your chair. Oh boy, I, you know what? Um, Putting you on the spot. You're right? not. You're you're really not though. And I'm not trying to skate it, but I don't. I guess because I'm getting older. I'm 54 and I've done this for 30 <laughs> some years. And I just, hey, look, was everybody jumping around when we picked that kid from Hofstra in the seventh round pick, and it was Marcus Colston? Well. I'm jumping now. Sure. And uh, so you you you, just, you know you, as you, as you do this long enough, and you just you just see Jari Evans, and you see those guys that come in, and so I just think, hey, look, you know these are our guys now. So I jump for all of them, and that's just the truth. Now they like to say everybody's voice in the room is heard. How much consultation do you get when you know maybe they're picking a guy and say, okay, Greg, you like this guy? I mean, we think mm-hmm. he can help you too. Um, coach, will, coach, will, uh, you know, our process is is uh, for example, if it's a defensive back, I mean, coach may 
make the decision or he may he may say hey let me let me talk with rob and let me talk with with, with crime and or andre or or greg and hey do you like this guy on special teams yes or i do i mean he's, but uh so everyone's a little different um but but yeah coach will coach will ask you periodically what your what your feelings are well, maybe you'll jump up and down tonight good luck to you guys appreciate you. yep thank Thanks, you very guys. much our visit with Greg McMahon was a part of our special draft coverage all weekend long right here on NewOrleansSaints.com. Back to wrap up this Monday's show in just a moment. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Y'all ready for something spicy? Play mud books from the lottery. You can win up to $2,000. This is how we do it. Spice up your day with mud bucks. Went up to $2,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. The body's just getting started, y'all. Are you ready for Mud Bucks? Here we go. Pick up Mud Bucks today. That's how we do it down here. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Good first step for us here today in a week that will involve a lot of draft recap. We're going to take you a little bit deeper tomorrow when we make it kind of Brandon Cook's day the new wide receiver of the New Orleans Saints out of Oregon State. Tomorrow we'll hear the interview that we had with Brandon last Thursday night right after his selection as the, uh, the New Orleans Saints first-rounder. We'll talk to his college coach, Mike Riley, from Oregon State, and we'll also visit with his high school coach from his days back in Stockton, California. So tomorrow we'll get you uh, up close and personal with Mr. Cooks, and we hope that you'll join us here on the official podcast for the Saints and Pelicans. We'll touch on some NBA playoff stuff too as well. That'll do it for us So you're in Studio B on this Monday. For Daniel Salerson, I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.